Hi there, and welcome to Live from the Cyber Institute. In this podcast, we listen in on conversations taking place among ministers, church leaders, and scholars as we engage the issues facing Christians and church leaders today. We hope that this episode is thought-provoking and a blessing to you, because as with everything we do in the Cyber Institute, our mission is to equip church leaders and help churches thrive. After you listen, make sure to follow our podcast so that you get all the latest episodes from your podcast platform of choice. Let's get started. Well, hello and welcome to Live from the Cyber Institute. My name is David Knipe. I'm the Associate Director uh, here at the Cyber Institute, and I am excited today uh, to be visiting with Casey Lankford, who is the Preaching Minister uh, at the Cinco Ranch Church of Christ in the Katy area of Houston. Casey, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thank you, David. I'm excited to be a part of this. This is a, uh, I, was, I was thrilled when you emailed me about just the possibilities of the conversation. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Well, good. Well, I mentioned uh, that you're the preaching minister at Cinco Ranch, uh, but today we are talking as part of a podcast series uh, on the Cyber Institute's Contemplative Ministers Initiative. Uh, and I've already been able to talk with Randy Harris, who is the founding director, and Houston Heflin, who's the current director, and Joshua Jackson, who's an alum of the program. Uh, but I wanted to visit with you because you are currently in the middle of your CMI time. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get into that, can you just give us a little sense of your background in ministry? Like, how did you get to where you are today? Today. Yeah, so um, I've been a little bit of everywhere on kind of my life and career and calling, but uh, I grew up just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and mm-hmm. went to Oklahoma Christian for my undergrad. Afterwards, I was actually hired to be a teacher and a Bible teacher and basketball coach and campus minister at Westbury Christian in Houston. I was there for a couple of years, uh, did five years of youth ministry at the Huntsville Church of Christ, mm-hmm. and then uh, did a variety of roles at Northwest Church of Christ in San Antonio. And a little more than a year ago, I started as the preaching minister at Cinco Ranch. And so, yeah, I've been here for a little over a year, but it's been it's been a, a great blessing to me and my family. Got love for the previous churches that we've been a part of, but also got a lot of love for where we are now. Well, that's great. Well, I, I'm glad that you've got that, got that range of experience, both in terms of ministry outside of the church in schools and other things, but then also different roles that you've had in churches. I think that, you know, that just gives you an appreciation for uh, just different aspects of ministry. You haven't been doing the same thing the whole time. I I have a ton of appreciation for youth ministers and what that, what they go through. Um, I'll I'll be a part of NCYM, which will take place at the beginning of next year in Daytona beach. And I'll help out with a couple things there. And so uh, I got a ton of respect for them, especially post pandemic uh, youth ministry and what that world's like. I can't even imagine it. So Absolutely. got a lot of love and respect for them. So uh, grateful for that time. But there's also some things I, I'm now at a point in my life where I think I'm, I'm kind of grateful that I'm at where I'm at now too. So yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, so to our audience, if you have not yet gotten to listen to those other three podcasts in our CMI series, uh, I'm not necessarily saying pause here uh, and go back, but uh, after you, after you listen to this one, make sure you go back because there's going to be some good context. Uh, we mm-hmm. won't talk about all of the background uh, of CMI, but Casey, I'm just curious about how you first got involved. Like, how did you hear about it? What made you think, yeah, this is something I really want to do? Because I mean, it's not like we take out billboards on the highway in Houston. So how did this get on your radar? So, yeah, with uh, I think my first initial experience with uh, Cyber Institute was probably with the Minister Support Network retreat mm-hmm. that we did in 
think we were part of the fall of 21 is around the time that we went, my, my wife and I. And uh, that was our first experience with Cyber Institute and a little bit of what they do and, and love that retreat, felt very blessed by it. And so I think I found myself going to the website, just kind of snooping around at what was there and saw the Contemplative Ministers Initiative and was really fascinated by it. And shortly after I started here, I got, uh, I think, an email from maybe it was maybe it was you, maybe it was uh, Houston Heflin, uh, just saying that uh, you all had a spot open. And if you know, it's kind of a quick turnaround, but if I'm interested, this would be a really great opportunity. Yeah. Looked into it and saw that, I mean, there's really no dr- like drawbacks of, of doing this um, with costs being covered by some very generous uh, donors and uh, with different areas. And, and my wife actually worked with you guys doing online content management at one point. So yeah. she had some connections. She talked to me a little more about it and thought, man, I, there's literally nothing to lose mm-hmm. by being part of this. So uh, kind of jumped off and went straight in and, and I've loved it. It's been great. Well, that's wonderful. Well, we uh, some of our other podcasts, we've already talked about some of the day-to-day experience uh, of CMI. You know, you're mm-hmm. gathering with, with other ministers. This isn't just like you and Randy going off to a cave together. Uh, yeah. You know, you're eating together, you're worshiping together. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things are more like classes, but there's times of like solitude and mentoring. Um, yeah. uh, but you mentioned, you know, there's there's no drawbacks. And as somebody that helps like make it happen, I feel the same way. However, on the church side. Uh, you know, this is asking you to be away from your church context for mm-hmm. a few days, twice a year for a couple of years. And, you know, God says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Like that's absolutely a biblical principle. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, sometimes elders and maybe executive ministers might feel like, man, that's that's a lot of time for the preacher to be away because we, we, we tend to lean on on our lead ministers for this particular initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- did you find that it was challenging to convince your elders that this kind of stepping away from the office was was a, a good deal? Uh, were they on board from the beginning? Like, what, what were those conversations like? Yeah. So, well, and I guess I should start by saying that, at least in my experience, I, I've never worked with two elderships that were alike. They're mm-hmm. all different and not okay. good or bad, just different. And yeah. so, um, you know, our our church at Cinco Ranch, they, they've been through some stuff over the last 10 years. This was a place where during Hurricane Harvey, they flooded, the building mm-hmm. flooded. So mm-hmm. They've been through a lot. And so as part of that, you know, figuring out some financial things has been challenging at different times. And so um, for, for obvious reasons. And so their number one thought when I, you know, forwarded this invitation along to them and said, what do y'all think about me being a part was, okay, wait, what is this going to cost us? And I said, no, seriously, nothing. It's not going to cost anything. Um, and, and I guess the, that was their big concern was, okay, is this going to set us back mm-hmm. two, three, four, or $5,000 that we might not have budgeted for this year? And I said, no, I mean, literally they, they cover everything. And so even my transportation to get there is taken care of. Uh, my my time there is taken care of by some uh, very generous donors. And so um, I think they kept looking at it and thinking, wait, what, what's the catch? And the, the truth was there isn't one. It's a gift. It is truly a gift to any minister who is a part of this. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm glad to hear it. And we and we are incredibly grateful for the donors that uh, that help make it happen. And, uh, mm-hmm. to, you know, to our audience, one of the things that you've probably seen if you've been on our website is, uh, you know, we have little buttons where you can click to donate. You know, we function basically as a nonprofit and yeah. uh, we we depend on the generosity 
uh, of folks that believe in our work. And we're, we're super grateful for uh, the ones that do. And, and what you're saying makes sense. I mean, for, for a lot of elders, time is a big concern, but there's plenty, especially post-pandemic, where, where money is the big one. So I'm, I'm glad that you were able to say, yeah, there's no catch. Like we just, well, just yeah, absolutely. And I guess to add to that too, something that I remember Randy Harris said, I think it was our very first cohort retreat to all of the guys in my cohort, he said, the best gift that you can give to your church is the best version of yourself. Hmm. And so for me to be able to, yes, I am gone most of the week that week. However, when I come back, I feel refreshed. I feel renewed. I feel like I am at a really clear space. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I did miss that week of planning that sermon. So I do a little more work the week before to kind of sure. plan two sermons essentially. But to have this energy and to feel this nearness to God and you know, to hang out with 11 friends who mm-hmm. we're all from different areas uh, all over the country for this cohort. And so yep. to know that you have some friends that you can reach out to whenever there's a need in a variety of capacities, that's it's special. Yeah, no, that's right. And just being able to be with other ministers, guys who mm-hmm. know the kind of thing that you're facing, even if they're in a different context, like they get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we didn't necessarily like plan that segue, but that works really well because one of the things that uh, we've talked about in some of the prior conversations uh, is the importance of how CMI functions in those cohorts, right? So you're getting there as part of a group of, you know, 10 to 12 guys. It's a good Jesus number getting, getting 10 to 12 guys together. Um, tell us some about that group dynamic from the inside. Like, what would you say it's like to go through CMI with other folks who are also serving in ministry? Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess it would depend on each cohort and what that looks like in that uh, there's guys from this cohort whom I've ran into in other capacities in different areas. And, you know, I'll see them give them a big hug. And so some of those guys, there's 12 and you're together for two or three days at a time. You get pretty close to some of the guys while other guys, you barely, you you might not talk to as much. And um, it's just how group dynamics work. Right. And so that's, I think that's been unique. And in addition to it, there's there's a little bit of time for just about everything. And and I heard Randy talk some about like during COVID when the group was still meeting, but they had to sit at their own table for a meal. Yeah. I can't imagine that. Like, yeah. so we, they've gotten rid of that since we've come back to our cohorts. And so we get to have, you know, conversations. I, I, I don't eat any of my meals alone. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with at least a couple of other people, if not more. And so there's this rich conversation. And sometimes we talk church ministry. Other times we just talk life mm-hmm. and and what's going on. And so um, a lot of it just depends on who we're eating with and kind of what's going on in the area. Sometimes we kind of go back and recap what we just talked about. And so there's times that we talk about spiritual formation. There's times we talk about church ministry in context. There's times we talk about life and there's a number of avenues to talk about that, whether it be like a classroom style, whether it be sitting down to a meal. Sometimes there's, you know, space, there's three, four or five hours in the afternoon for just reflection. And some of that time I used to be alone. And some of that time I used to have individual or group conversations. It just Mm -hmm. kind of depends on the day and the time and uh, what everybody's feeling, but it's, it's, supposed to be enriching. And so I try to do a little bit of all those things to yeah. sit down with uh, with individuals or friends to and to also just be alone for a period too. Mm-hmm. Which I imagine 
you know, being in ministry for one, but especially being, being the lead minister, there's not a lot of time where you get to just have that much time where mm-hmm. you can just shut your door and kind of be away. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Randy talked a little bit about the, the concept of a lot of ministers feel guilty about spending time uh, alone reading or mm-hmm. spending time alone in prayer and, you know, a minister's relationship with God. And this is something that I just am inclined to think that ministers aren't very good at. And in my background with spiritual direction and, and that formation that I've experienced, uh, my director told me this when we first started, I first started meeting with him. He said, ministers are usually pretty bad at self-care mm-hmm. at, at their own soul care. And that's something that I've noticed to be true. And so this retreat uh, and these four retreats, I guess they are for a format designed to basically be very intentional about caring for your own soul. Yep, absolutely. Well, and I appreciate you mentioning that background in spiritual direction. I think one of the things that maybe makes you a little different than at least a lot of the guys that go through uh, the CMI program is that you come to it already with some background um, in spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd love to just kind of tell some about kind of how that came about, but also just maybe connections you've experienced between your work in spiritual direction and the things you're learning and doing at CMI. Yeah. So uh, I and I, I told the cohort when they were like, wait, you know, the spiritual. I said, compared to the guys teaching us, I know nothing. So <laughs> I, I have and I think Randy mentioned some of the Jesuit guys who will work with us, who are who know more about these Ignatian exercises than I could ever hope to learn. But um, I, I got my I did my master's degree. Uh, I got my MACM at Lipscomb. And during that time, I took a, a spiritual formation class, and that was my first encounter where I was required to take on a spiritual director. Okay. Uh, around that time, I went through a number of experiences and events where um, I felt distant from God. Not that God didn't exist, but that I just felt like God was present, just not very near to me. Mm-hmm. And some of it was events that happened. Some of it was some things that just personally I went through. And I, I still tell people to this day, had I not had a spiritual director walk me through an inner healing experiential prayer that's from the Ignatian exercises, I would not be in ministry today. Mm-hmm. I would have quit about five years ago. And so as a part of that, I felt so blessed by that spiritual director. And I've taken one on a different one since. Um, I look forward to that time that that is a a gift to me. And so I thought, you know what, I want to provide this gift to other people. So I went through um, the Institute for Christian Spirituality. They're connected with Lipscomb. I went through their year one program. Mm -hmm. There's a new program that I'm working with now that's um, year that that I'm kind of redoing the year one kind of as a guinea pig to show the example while also kind of refreshing my memory on some things. And I'll do year two next year. in growing through that. But what, what's been really neat is seeing some of the Ignatian exercises they're walking through. I, I had a pretty decent grasp of, of some of the basics of them, but the place that we're walking through, you know, Father Pepe walked us through uh, one of the exercises this past time and just the detail that he was able to go through. Mm-hmm. By the time he left, I'm not sure he felt like he took us that deep, but <laughs> I'm sitting there like, man, this has been incredible to mm-hmm. sit and walk so they're, they're trained specifically in this. And they talked about the different programs. And, you know, I remember he started off by when he said, you know, to give you a little bit of my background, I, I went and got the basic MDiv. And 
one of the guys in my cohort who just recently finished his MDev, he's like, the basic? Are you serious? <laughs> because <laughs> it was heavy lifting. There's a whole lot of you know reading and writing yeah. and work and and discussion that goes into this. And so for him to call it a basic is kind of like, eh, it was just kind of the start there. And then mm -hmm. he talked about the MDev stuff. And so these guys are are people who have just really dedicated so much of their lives to not only their own relationship with God, but walking alongside others and noticing the presence and movement of God and, and teaching people like us how to participate in the life of God on a much deeper level and what that looks like and, and kind of encouraging us to engage and, and to provide ourselves with time to notice God in our lives because we're so busy trying to notice God in other people's lives that we forget about ourselves oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things, those kind of the last two topics kind of made me think about with cohorts and with spiritual direction, something I've appreciated because <laughs> uh, I'm there not necessarily as a leader, but also not a participant. I'm just, I'm kind of a companion yeah, um, yeah. there, but I'm also in terms of my life. I mean, I am solidly middle age and the <laughs> the changing color of my hair on my head would indicate that. Um, <laughs> You know, the folks that are at one of these CMI retreats, like I've got guys who have been mentors to me uh, in mm -hmm. different ways, you know, people like Carson Reed, Eddie Sharp, Randy Harris, you know, and then there's others who have been my students. And then there's others who are much more like peers. And I just, I so appreciate getting to have spiritual conversation on, on all three of those um, kind of directions uh, in a lot of ways. Cause I, you know, I think in some ways it's kind of a, it's a little microcosm of what church can be, right? We've got the people that are farther along the journey, the ones that we're helping to lead, and then the ones who are just walking with us. But at the same time, we're all on that same journey together, which, I mean, which sounds kind of cheesy yeah. and cliche, but I, I do think it's true. And honestly, for the churches of Christ, I think it kind of fits our ethos. You know, we don't have that hierarchy. We are all just disciples kind of going together. And I think to me, CMI kind of embodies that in some ways. Yeah. And you know what, what, I noticed that I thought was really cool. And I, I can't remember if this, this was the first or second cohort uh, that that covered this, but even in the times where we've had, I guess, you know, quote unquote, classroom types of setups, while there is a teacher, those people are very open to conversation yeah. with um, about things. And so it's not like, a, you know, let's maintain a classroom order. It's just we're having a candid conversation about life about god about you know or the book that we were that we were reading together on those fronts and i thought the other thing when i first joined i thought it was going to be kind of okay the the elite of the elite from acu are going to be the mm -hmm. guys who present on these things and there's some brilliant men who who are connected like a randy harris who's going to uh, play a role in that but then i think it was first or second cohort john mark hicks who was one of mm -hmm. my professors at lipscomb he shows up and he starts talking. And I realize, well, you know, I guess technically it's through ACU and Cybert that runs this. It's not a plug for ACU. It really is a gift to the ministers. And there's and Hicks wasn't the only one from another institution right. who was coming to help. And so it's it's men who purely want to love on um, those of us going through the cohort at that time. And I thought that was really, I want to say, uh, John Mark Hicks is coming back for this coming cohort or maybe the I think so. Time. I think he usually comes in the fall, I think, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's one thing I like about it too. You know, I, th I think it was Randy and I talked about, you know, what is it that they're looking for? And it's yeah. not a business card from ECU. Like that's, that's yeah. not the beginning. It's who are people that are connected to 
the life of God themselves and have that ability to to minister to others and help them find. Yeah. 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 I think so. Okay. So so last question here. I mentioned at the beginning that you're in the middle of CMI, right? We've got four retreats. You've done two and you got two to go. Um, what would you say has been happening so far as a result of your time at CMI? Like, are there ways that you see it affecting you, your family, your ministry, your church? Like we're, we're kind of at that, at that midpoint, but what do you, what do you feel like is happening so far? Um, yeah, that's a good question. And I, and I can tell you're asking that on multiple levels, right? Just mm-hmm. with, within me, within my family unit, within my church. Um, I, I have noticed an invitation that I've, I've felt that I, my family, my church have responded to Mm -hmm. on a number of levels. And so one, for instance, is, you know, the conversations I've had, you know, even though we, those of us who are lead ministers at churches, you know, yeah, we get paid to do some reading and and deeper levels of, of theological engagement. There's also some very down to earth stuff that we talk about that is just to be human and often in a lot of ways i have felt the opportunity arise to engage in some of these practices with people in my church and as a result uh it's actually in a couple of weeks that uh there is a a spiritual director training group wellsprings in the wilderness who's going to come out and begin the training for five different people from our church to train their spiritual directors and Um, and and that's been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity that I've seen, but I've also noticed the value and, and maybe it's because there's some, Hey, there's some readings that we do before each cohort so -hmm. that we have an idea of kind of what that presentation conversation will be like. So it has forced me to take time to not just read, but also reflect on what I'm reading and just kind of sit and ponder those things that are, that our cohort will be discussing. But also think, you know, I'm kind of get a bearing of how do I feel about this? And then as a result, it leads to a much richer conversation. And so I'm taking intentional time for myself. Um, I don't have a choice or I'll be kind of lost when we come to the cohort and we have yeah. that conversation. And so the readings are rich. They really are. Um, and so it's stuff that we can connect on, on those levels. But then... Um, as a family, it's, you know, even when my kids and I've got, uh, my youngest is six, my oldest just turned 21 this week mm-hmm. there, they can, I can have conversations when they say, you know, where, wait, where are you? You're, you're at a, a Jesuit retreat center <laughs> or you know, church of Christ would, uh, yeah. and, and kind of have this conversation of, well, these, these men are trained and equipped to, uh, lead me in some practices that otherwise I don't really know what I'm doing on this mm-hmm. front. They're able to walk alongside with me. And so uh, as a result, they're, I'm able to talk with my wife and kids about some of those practices and, and on, you know, with my eight-year-old son, maybe a, a watered down a little bit, dumb it down a little bit, but to, to kind of walk him through some experiential prayers of, hey, you know, this story of Jesus walking on the water, you know, hey, if you were to be a part of the story, where, where would you be? Would you mm-hmm. be on the boat? Would you be on the water? Would would Jesus be holding you? What? And it allows him to almost engage in this practice of putting himself into the stories yeah. of Jesus and engage and, and talking with Jesus and, and to have these conversations where otherwise I would have not even thought to do that with my kids, but at the same time, they're able to engage as well. So it's 
yes, there is stuff that you can add to your to your tool belt, to your mm-hmm. utility belt, to to use in ministry, but also just with family uh, and, and personally to engage with God on a deeper level. That's that's probably been one of the most special gifts that I've received as a part of being engaged in in, in the CMI as a whole. That's great, man. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, well, Casey, thank you so much for taking time to visit with me about this. I know it's going to be uh, a blessing to our audience to be able to hear you. Uh, and it, it's just always good to, to see your face and get to visit. And I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing you at the uh, at the next retreat here. Yeah. Um, so if people want to connect with you, like if they've heard something and they want to follow up, what would you say is the best way to do so? Are you kind of mainly on any particular social media or should they send you an email? What, what would you say? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I think I'm on Twitter, but I haven't tweeted in like three years. Um so I guess my best ones, I'm on Facebook, uh, Casey is C-A-S-E-Y, uh, Lankford, L-A-N-K-F-O-R-D. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I'm on Instagram, Casey underscore Lankford, or uh, email, they're more than welcome to do that as well. And that's uh, Casey at CincoChurch.com. All right. Well, sounds good. Uh, well, folks, you can, as always, learn more about CMI uh, at our website, www.cyberinstitute.org slash CMI. Uh, and you can always access all of our podcast episodes, including the rest of this CMI series uh, at cyberinstitute.podbean.com uh, or at your favorite podcast platform. Uh, so thanks y'all for being here. And Casey, thanks again. It's been good to visit with you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Thanks for listening today to Live from the Cyber Institute. We would love to connect with you on our social media channels, and you can always find all of our various resources at our website, cyberinstitute.org. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on your platform of choice, then share it with your friends. Until next time, may God bless you in all that you do.